Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today's episode is a discussion around budgeting. Senior NCG coach Andrew Amran joins Molly Nolan to discuss taking the necessary steps to have your 2021 budget ready with time to spare. Additionally, a conversation on employee development. How can you have an understanding of where your company will be by creating a vision for your employees to buy into? All of this and more to make sure you are prepared for 2021 both financially and strategically. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Carter. Happy to be back with Andrew Amrein, a senior Nolan Consulting Group coach, and some might say our resident expert on numbers and budgeting. Thank Andrew, you, Ma. Are, Andrew, are you excited to be here? I am. We're talking I numbers, am. It's your favorite We're talking topic, numbers, right? It's your favorite thing, right? Thank you for that uh, introduction. Of course. Uh, in our last episode together, which we recorded not too long ago, we discussed the concept of budget planning in a time of uncertainty. 2020, it's been unknown. How do we even look at 2021? It's been a roller coaster of a year, but you laid out some great tips and some great analogies about seeing the road over the cliff and how, what do you do? You just slow down, you yeah, take your time. Sl- yeah, slow down, take your time. So we've gotten some good feedback uh, on that podcast. And so it's worthy of a, of a follow-up, I think, um, to discuss maybe a little, little bit more detail um, how these methods go and places to start and peel peel the onion back a little bit. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit more. Yeah, now that I think we've you know, we've gotten some good feedback. I think some some folks are a little bit more open to the idea that it's it is okay to budget in a time of uncertainty. Um, people are in the mindset, they're starting to have the meetings. We're talking to our clients about numbers. Uh, we're talking the revenue cookbook. Uh, what what steps are next? So, Andrew, how just kind of give us in general, how does the full budgeting process typically start? Generally, it's with the Rev cookbook, cookbook idea, right? Top down? Right. So, I mean, it's sort of a historical overview of it. You know, pre-2009, it was uh, revenue top down. How much revenue do you think you want to do? How much do you want to grow by? I want to, you know, I want to grow by 10% or I want to add a crew or I want to add X amount of revenue. And then uh, probably, you know, 2009 or after, the last 10 years, the labor shortages really are, are coming to a forefront. So uh, even budgeting from a revenue standpoint began to taper back or be a little bit more controlled. And so these other ways of doing a budget, I mean, I, I don't think we're inventing anything new here. They're just methods that aren't used that often. Mm-hmm. And so in the last couple of years, and uh, specifically um, George Williams Jr. at A.G. Williams uh, several years ago, maybe five years ago, really took to this capability type process. So one of the things we talked about last time was forming a uh, capability plan or coming at the your annual planning from a, a field capability standpoint. And then, of course, I mean, there's the most conservative way is to start with overhead, um, which we we did get 
some of we've done some in the past. You know, the idea there is what role do you want to add next year um, in overhead? So I want to add a sales rep and then say, how much revenue do I need to do to cover it? Um, but it tends to be the more conservative way to start with overhead. And definitely in, in the situation we're in now is where you might overhead, meaning lifeboat. Mm-hmm. Who's my lifeboat team? And then building from there. That would probably get you a minimum that we need to do. Here's what we can't go below. Um, so these two ways, coming at it from what do I think my field, my production team is capable of and overhead are becoming more important now. So you're saying this other, other more conservative way is to sidestep just looking at a revenue goal and start looking at it from a team perspective. Yeah, what definitely the most aggressive way is to say, you know, I want to grow by 20%. What's that going to take? Mm-hmm. And if, if you have no fear about the revenue or the, the economy growing or the, your ability to hire staff, then, you know, let's go for it. But as those other concerns, economic concerns, hiring, staffing concerns creep in, then, yeah, those other issues become um, higher prevalence, become a right, bigger, bigger you, concern. You can't just say, I want to grow by 20% and then not have a plan about how you're going to actually produce that. Yeah. You have, they almost have to go hand in hand. Yes, you can speak to the revenue side of it, I, but you could more so focus in, in a team perspective of what, how are we going to get there? We want we want to add this much to Certainly hiring is getting harder and harder. So, you know, people are tempering, asking the question, how many people can I add next year and how much revenue will that result in? As opposed to saying, here's how much revenue I want to do. Let's go hire as many people as we can to get there. So there's, there's a lot of dynamics going on right now. Yeah. And for any listener out there who feels like they're alone struggling to hire good people for their team, you are not. It is I mean, I think all of our coaches say it's the single number one problem that oh, yeah. our clients struggle with. I mean, with. we've talked about it. It's, yeah. We're dealing with 30 years of Mr. and Mrs. Jones telling little Johnny to go to college and get an office job and the, the trades being completely disrespected um, as a career. Or that, and there's so or that, much opportunity yeah. for leadership and management in you know, really, the Mike industry. Rowe, Mike Rowe leads this. I, I mean, I, I really I would promote him and what he's doing and – you know, his comment that the belief that the only way to knowledge or wealth is through college is silly. And either way, we've got a ton of college graduates in the trades that we work with. So it's it's really irrelevant. The trades are a great place to earn a living, start a business. And it it's it's a shame, but it's changing. Fortunately, it, it's it's starting to turn. Quick note on Micro. He did he produce? I think maybe he produces any hosts Dirty Jobs. That's the show, right? Yeah, he hosts amongst it, yeah. other things and mm-hmm. other things that he's Dirty Jobs written. guy. Uh, great show. Yeah, he, he's got a great presence um, on Facebook and a podcast that he does. It's, it's great stuff. We uh, we love what he does. So Micro, if you're out there listening, give us a shout. <laughs> uh, so Andrew, you, you talk about the team perspective, the capability plan. Um, how does someone even go about starting that process sure so i i really think the the best thing you can do is is pick two or three people and sit down and evaluate the as is here's where our team is at right now you can use situational leadership as a great guide here take out the role descriptions evaluate 
each of your players and what they're capable of. Where by task, they, where they are in their development stage by task. That's right. Um, where are they D1? Where are they D4? And then picture out into the future where do you think they can be or where do you want them to be or what do you want them to be capable of by July 1st of next year? That's kind of an arbitrary date, but mm -hmm. that's kind of, if we're going to do anything, we need people developed by height of the season. So let's say July 1st. Then you start documenting what's got to happen to get there. And so herein lies the beauty of it is, one, I'm creating a vision for people. As I communicate this to people, I'm creating a vision for them, maybe that they don't see for themselves. So I'm, I'm having higher expectations for them. So I believe in them. And they're seeing that someone believes in them. Less frequently than you might think, but you will run into it where you have a different vision than they did. Um, I've had people say to me directly, you know, I, I know you guys want me to be this leader, but I just want to go fish. Like, I want to show mm -hmm. up, I want to work, I want to go fishing. Um, and they're saying that exact thing. thing. And it was, so our, what we wanted wasn't what this person wanted. And so now we knew. Which is fine, but it was great. The we, hardest, now we know where to. Where most to difficult put part him. of that is not knowing. Is not. It's just that not knowing and being on oh. off, on the wrong pages for too long of a time. Steve Talkington, uh, Summit coach and Summit member, has a great story around this. Same thing. He had these expectations built for a leader, and that person didn't even. I, if I remember it correctly, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he didn't see himself at the company in three years, three or four years, or there was there it didn't have the same vision. Um, and it was great to know because now I know. So number one, you're showing people a future. Number two, you're being proactive about it, so I can now plan out a training schedule and what am I going to do this winter um, with our production staff or what training do they need? And then three, now I know what holes I need to fill. I was just going to say, well, what happens to those positions now that people have kind of taken that next step? Got to right. backfill, so right? I, now I know how many spaces I need to fill. I can be proactive about training all the trickle down. So if, if this person is, if we're going to add two people to this person's crew, then um, I need to pick two people to move up or, or we, we start creating holes. And so now I'm, I mean, anxiety and action cannot coexist. And so I, I think part of it in starting your budget this way, um, we remove anxiety from the situation because we're being proactive. And so then last, I would say, I think the big debate that companies have, either with sales and production or maybe the, the traditional battle between sales and production is mm -hmm. sales says we we want to produce this much, and production says, no way, never going to happen. And we have this war to settle on an amount that maybe that somebody feels half bought into and somebody else feels this is half of what we could actually do. Yeah, I was going to ask, who usually wins that war, or is it generally a decent compromise between the it's, two or an unwelcomed compromise? Yeah, I think the latter, an unwelcomed yeah. compromise. Nobody really buys into it completely. So now... What you're doing is starting with, here's our team, here's how many people we can manage, here's what that revenue would be, and you stepped everybody through all the steps, and so now your level of buy-in, and this isn't just some idea in a classroom, I see this. When you take this approach, the buy-in 
the, the success in buy-in is way higher. So you think start off with this capability plan, you know, having this discussion with potentially your management team, or if you don't have a management team, you and some of your other top, your top Use leaders. it as an opportunity to bring people in. You know, people want to participate. I see a lot of people, uh, or, or how do I say this? I see, I don't see anybody show up to work and purposefully want to do a bad job. I don't know anybody that wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I'm really going to cause a lot of problems at work today. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know anybody that purposefully says, I'm going to be a bad employee today. But I know a lot of employees, and I've personally encountered a lot of employees that don't know enough about what they're supposed to be doing. And so I can sit here and do nothing and only do one thing wrong, which is sit here and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And my own personal attachment to that idea, when I was growing up, working for my uh, family, the, my grandfather and uncle were general contractors, and my uncle took over my grandfather's business. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew a whole lot about what not to do, and not a whole lot about what I was supposed to be doing. Now, mind you, I was in high school, and so I was doing a lot of cleaning up and a lot of gopher stuff. I wasn't really doing a whole lot of construction, or I, a little bit of framing, mm -hmm. I framed a closet. In, in a couple closets in high school, but I I knew very little about what I was supposed to be doing. And Is it because so, time was spent training you more so on what to avoid versus actually how to improve in your how how to step up or how to be? Say you wanted that to be a career, you were never given that path. Well, yeah, I was never given the feedback to know where I wanted to be. So my my point there is with. Now, with your leaders, they're more capable than you think they are. And if you bring them in and show them a plan for the field, you just might open their eyes to something that they would really be interested in. So pick a couple people. If you don't have a management team, pick a couple people, bring them in, and, and lay out, here's the field that we have. Where do you think you can be? Just from the standpoint that your leaders are with the people every day, and so they have a pretty good idea of what they're capable of and what they might be able to do in the future. So get together with your team, lay out who you currently have, and start picking off person by person where they can be by July 1st. And it's an awesome conversation. And in the meantime, you really get buy-in into, yeah, okay, we can do X amount of growth next year, or we mm -hmm. can handle X amount of people. And then Everything flows from there. I can create a recruiting plan from it. I can create a training plan from it. Powerful stuff. And would you ultimately say it's a good idea to share with the whole team? Uh, or parts uh, of it? Certainly the plan. Um, I don't know that I would, I would share individual development. That would be just for that person. Right. What, you know, where we think that person can be. Um, they can certainly share it. Mm -hmm. But absolutely the plan of here's you know, here's how many people we think we can manage next year and here's what we're going to roll out. I mean, we're huge fans of of being open with goals. I've kind of stopped using the term open book because it's not really open book. There are things that are confidential that you that you don't share. So I'm I I feel like sometimes we get that pushback it, and it's, it's true. Not quite yet. It's not quite open book. It's not so, full transparency on everything, which is fair and yeah. I mean it's some things need to be me more personal. So it's open with goals, and yeah, I mean, it, it becomes a, a powerful tool to use that you can share with your team. 
I think the sales team has now has confidence mm-hmm. in production. You know, that that's an issue too. You know, sometimes sales teams are worried about is what I'm selling are we able to produce it? Are we going to be able to do this or am I just going to have headaches? So there's there's a big trust factor between sales and production that has to happen. And so even involving sales in that capability planning is key. If if they're buying in, you know, sales a, a lot of sales is built on confidence and selling on confidence and helping your sales team have through this planning process have confidence in what the what the plan is in the field can go a long way to them closing deals. Do you see that there could ever be an issue with, you know, kind of going back to the two ways to think about creating your budget and going back to your original example, wanting to grow revenue next year by 20%. So let's say in your mind as the business owner, that's what you would like to do. In 2021, you'd like to grow revenue by 20%. And then you go about and create this capability plan. And even with adding and moving people up and filling in the holes, you're, you've, you've calculated it's not going to quite be that 20%. There's, there can be a disconnect there, which can probably be, be a hard thing to overcome. Shockingly, that happens actually the minority of the time. Really? Yeah. Most of the time, in the, now, what's the, the sample population we're dealing with? I mean, I haven't done this thousands of times. Mm-hmm. I've done it 15 times, maybe. Um, the minority of the time, it was... You know what? We don't we're, we don't actually have the capability to do this. The it's the greater proportion is yeah we're pretty close to wow we could actually handle more. That's good. So it's it's powerful. It's I less think of a stretch. I think the fear is I think the head trash the the fear is right our our brains go to fear first it's flight fight or flight mm-hmm. you know survival mode you know that that can't happen don't even bother and when people go through this exercise it it's actually turns out. You know, you're doing pretty good. Actually, you you do have the capability to do it. The challenge being, okay, now we got to go hire these people, right? And that's a whole other podcast, right? Headhunting, going after leaders. I was just having a conversation earlier today about headhunting some leaders as we head into winter. Um, the company I was talking to, they have a, a great reputation, and capitalizing on that and headhunting and going to get some people from other companies. And uh, you, I think you would probably recommend looking outside the industry, looking at, at people who are potentially in a corporate environment who have mm-hmm. those leadership skills that you can bring in um, who can learn the mm-hmm. skills. But you can't. it's harder to teach the leadership and the management style than it is to teach the skills. I, lo- I love this. Producer Carter, I love this, this little uh, question I asked. So, Molly, how much do you think assistant managers make? Now, this study is a little bit old. Assistant oh, no. managers at CVS and Walgreens, how much do you think they make? Can I go by an hour, like an hourly? Sure. Um, assistant manager at a CVS. Right. An hour. Oh, Seven days a week. I mean, working like dogs, right? No weekends, nights, scheduling, do, doing the uh, the staff rotation. This could be an awful guess. 19 an hour? Not even close. Less than that? No, less than that. No way. Yep. That's yep. terrible. Less than that. So this was uh, several years ago that we did the study. But Foot Locker, Walgreens, um, CVS, you know, it was in like the $14 range. 14, and that's hard work because they're also, they're managing people. So now m- minimum wage has increased since right. we did that study. But still, the, the, like, point, it the point probably is, hasn't jumped that much. Yeah, I mean, you can offer people doing a capability plan, creating spots. People aren't making as much as we, people think they are. You can hire people away. 
we can give people a life. We can give them a great work week, mm-hmm. weekends, great pay, benefits. We can give people a life that they don't have in retail. This is slowly going from a budgeting conversation or podcast to a recruiting oh, podcast. No, this is, this is, <laughs> it's yeah, all, no, it's all tied all together. Budgeting. It's all it's well, all but budgeting. at the end of the day, it, it's all tied together. I mean, yeah. part of working on your budget for the next year is talking Numbers about your Numbers and financials plan. connects everything, everything. So uh, actually, another segue is our, our advanced financials peer group. I just had that call today. And you had a lot of calls today, Andrew. I'm busy. You are a busy, I'm busy, busy man. And it, it was an awesome call because we're psyched. I have five people on the call and me, and we are psyched about getting everybody pumped about numbers and connecting meaning to the numbers. Have you found your people? Oh, I, oh, I have found my people. These are my people. We, I am with them, and they are with me. It's, it's, fant- <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. It's a great group. I'm glad that you found people who get as much joy out of talking numbers and digging in <laughs> as, as you do. Connecting them, right? Once yeah. the numbers have meaning, then it becomes meaningful to track the numbers and make progress. It all tells a story. So, just kind of to kind of wrap this up, Andrew, I I know this. This all sounds great. Yet I, I can also know it can sound overwhelming. Sure. Pie in the sky, great idea, but I don't have right. time for any of this. Exactly. Part, part yeah. of it's the time. I'm, I'm already slammed. How the heck am I going to fit all of this in in the next couple of months? Um, so what would you say is a great action item or takeaway as a first step that you could recommend a business owner or a financial manager or a production manager to start taking right now? Sure. So the, the topic here was different ways to start a budget. So if, if you're not comfortable starting with just straight up revenue and revenue cookbook, um, the other two ways, middle line, so you can you can start top of the line revenue. Or you can go the capability plan, which is the middle, cost mm-hmm. of goods sold, I can plan out my team. Or I can go bottom, I can start with overhead. Overhead is starting with overhead or maybe what you might call a lifeboat team. That's probably the most conservative plan you'll make. This will be the minimum we need to do in order to keep my team busy, to keep keep everybody everybody busy. Um, so you can do both. Um, you can work on ha- uh, an overhead schedule and a plan based on the team that you have. You can start there. You can, but I I, I think to your point, I think a, a great place to start here is to pick one or two people sit down and evaluate who you have right now and create a vision for where they it's, it, let's take an hour and a half mm-hmm. so don't this is not rocket science do not spend all day coming up with detailed plans is not what i'm talking about take an hour and a half evaluate who you have document where you'd like them to be or what's capable uh by july 1st and then document the steps you need to take to get there hour and a half not a Charles Dickens novel, doesn't need to be a thousand page long plan, it's an hour and a half. Second step would be pick one or two people to now go share your thoughts with them. Here's what I'm thinking about for you by next July. Get them thinking farther out. And having now done this twice this season, mm-hmm. having done it twice, and we actually, again, back on to the advanced financials group we just some we just did this and the conversation went great so you have people in your advanced financial group now who are currently going through this process yes so we created a whole schedule for how we want 
cool. everybody in the group, we created a schedule for how we want planning and the budget to go, the, the meetings we want to have, and then how we're going to finish the budget. And we delegated things to other people. And one of the things to delegate was to engage the production team in creating a capability plan. And so one of the companies did that, has had two conversations. They, they did a whole field capability plan. Mm-hmm. They've had time to have two conversations, and they were great. I love that structure, and I'm sure that uh, the folks on your call are loving the structure, being able to get the entire team involved and pulling together different pieces to really build the plan. They're not, they're not just, it's not just them sitting at their, their computer working in Excel document, thinking based, you know, based upon prior year what's going to happen. It is really pulling in the elements and getting everyone involved. You know, one of the risks, I, I think, is, is numbers tend to be a solitary exercise, and people too often get in a groove and start working through stuff, and then they've created this plan, but nobody else was involved in it. So get other people involved. Walk them through your thinking. Help them get to the same conclusion you did. And tell you what, if they don't, entertain the fact that maybe you didn't come to the right conclusion. But nine times out of ten, if you can convince other people of the plan, then you probably have a, a good plan. Bring other people into the planning. I like it. I think this is a great conversation, and I hope people do uh, take the words here and, and run with them because, I mean, just from my own personal experience being a part of different different companies, when your leaders tell you you're, you're going to hit a certain number but they haven't told you how you're going to go about doing that, there is the initial anxiety or how how oh, are we course. doing that when we, we're already stretched too Can't thin right it, now? Can't do it. Won't happen. Isn't right. gonna, I mean, so you're so as leaders – or whoever's departmentally managers or whomever were making plans. And it's, it's like, it's like we're the farm owner on the top of the hill making the plans. And then we roll it out to all the peasants down below. And that's how your people feel when you're making plans on your own. And you, you know, I, sometimes we feel like, well, I'm, I'm rescuing them from the work. You know, I'm, I don't want them to have to see all this hard work. So you're not rescuing them from anything. You're making them feel like they're being, dictated to right show them the work and the cookbook that and the math that went into making this goal and let them be included in it and i i promise it will not be such a battle well we will leave it there andrew thanks so much for your time today Uh, as always if you have questions uh or feedback uh regarding today's conversation or out of the idle glass in general we would encourage you to reach out uh you can always reach us at info at nolancg.com andrew anything else to add before we call today always a pleasure Molly. great great conversation thanks for having me Thank producer you. carter always good to see you thanks for listening to this episode out of the hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at nolan consulting group a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.